Welcome to Rewind Design, a podcast dedicated to discovering the stories of Cottage Country in Ontario. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you're a new listener, my name is Katie McNabb and I'm a local interior designer who is on a mission to find stories of how the heck everyone and everything ended up here in cottage country. Every two weeks, I speak to a new guest about their journey to cottage living. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at rewinddesign.interiors or you can send me an email to katie at rewinddesign.ca to share your own story or become a part of my email list. Today on Rewind Design, we have a special episode coming from much further north in Ontario than I'm used to. Today I speak to Jordan Fang, a designer, nature lover, reader, and artist who was a colleague of mine when we worked together at a commercial design firm in downtown Toronto before I made the permanent move up north. Jordan's family cottage, or should I say compound, is situated four kilometers down a logging route on the remote Greenbow Lake, just south of the Ottawa River and east of Mattawa. The compound consists of seven family cottages, each owned by separate family members, and the buildings range in age, with original log cabins that Jordan's grandfather built by hand from logs felled on their property, to cabins inherited from the Boy Scouts. Mattawa historically was a huge logging hub for Northern Ontario, connecting Ottawa River and Lake Nipissing, and remains an important historic landmark. Without further ado, let's jump into episode number four, Jordan on Greenbow Lake. Listen below or on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Rewind Design and look for episode number four on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music. All right. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining the show today. We are back with Rewind Design, a cottage history podcast. And today I've got a super special guest with me. He is a friend of mine from a previous job, and I'll get him to do a little intro of himself because he's got a fascinating life, awesome career, and an amazing cottage property, which I don't know much about, so I'm here to learn about it. So Jordan, can you give us a little introduction about who you are, what you like, and what you do? Yeah. Um, So my name is Jordan. I uh, work as a designer, um, currently working for Jane Lockhart in Toronto. Um, Used to work with Katie at uh, both of our last jobs before the pandemic. Um, I also teach part-time between Humber College and OCAD both in Toronto Mm -hmm. as well, in their interior decorating and environmental design programs. Um, I enjoy cottaging, obviously. I enjoy travel, (laughs) culture, reading, uh, hiking, walks, uh, art, all everything. I I like being a well-rounded human, I guess. Yes, I feel like we have a lot of common interests, (laughs) (laughs) which is why we're friends. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Jordan and I used to work together at our previous jobs, like he said. So we did more so like commercial design. And then we both kind of veered into residential, yeah. which I am obsessed with. And as you guys know, I am a cottage designer. And uh, yeah, I think we both love talking about that, too. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So super excited that you're going to be sharing your cottage story with us. Um, I... <laughs> 
I don't even know, honestly, anything about your cottage because we've kind of been keeping it a secret and you're going to be telling me everything for the first time on this episode. So that's pretty fun because usually I know a little bit more about the cottage before I'm interviewing. But um, I haven't interviewed anyone from the area where your cottage is because you're up north of where I am in Perry Sound. You're up in Mattawa area. Yes. And I've personally only been there like once. And I think it was... um, for a school trip in grade seven, <laughs> like an outdoor <laughs> education, <laughs> but I liked it. Yeah, it's lovely. It's, yeah. it's um, less populated and less developed, I'd say, than a lot of right. other cottage country areas. Yes. And I love that. I feel like it's probably a little bit more untouched. Getting into that, I guess we'll start by asking like, where is the property located? And is the property on on a body of water? Is it water access? Can you drive to it? Yeah. Um, so our cottage or cottages, I should say, um, yeah. are in Renfrew County. Head Clara Maria is the township name. Um, so it's on the north side of Algonquin Park. It's about an hour um, east of North Bay. Um, so you take Highway 17 about an hour and come to a cute little area called De Riviere, uh, right on the Ottawa River. My cottage is actually off of a logging road <laughs> off of Highway 17. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> on, a, on a lake called Greenbow Lake. Um, Greenbow so it's lake. Um, a nice, quiet lake set back from the highway quite a bit, four kilometers uh, into the bush. Okay. Um, and uh, it's accessible by vehicle. So we drive right up to the cottage. And how long do you think it takes you to get there from Toronto? From Toronto, I'd say it's about five hours. It's That's Depending manageable, but getting a little far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always say it's like far enough that Toronto people don't really come up there unless they're yeah. like real nature, bare bones kind of people. For sure. Yeah, that's like commitment level of going to the cottage. Like you can't just mm-hmm. pop up after work on a Friday very easily. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the closest town, would you say is De Riviere? Yeah, if you want to call it a town. Right. Um, like what's in that town? <laughs> um, There used to be a corner store and that has since closed. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly residential. There's a few people that live there year round. There's a ferry launch. Or like, not a okay. launch, sorry, a boat launch into the river, mm-hmm. the Ottawa River, because people do uh, fish in the river. But I'd say the next closest town would be Mattawa, um, okay. which is about 20 minutes west. So between North Bay and De Riviere. I'm actually looking at a map right now so I can see where De Riviere is and Mattawa. So that's really cool. And then what, what lake did you say it's on? I'm just going to do a little quick search. Yeah, it's on Greenbow Lake. Like rainbow, B-O-U-G-H. Oh, I'm looking her up. Greenbow <laughs> Lake. Okay, it's like a little horseshoe shape. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's, it's kind of like a rainbow or horseshoe shape. Yeah. Um, the water is green, so it looks green when you look at the water. Um, okay. It's a spring-fed uh, lake, uh, and there's only one sort of filling point. There's no 
um, like throughway. So the water kind of enters the lake and sits there. So we have a lot of like silt in the bottom of the lake. So that's what gives it its kind of green appearance. But it is a spring fed, clean lake with yeah. bass in it. And we fish it in the summer. And That's so cool. Yeah. On the map, it's really funny because it's south of the Ottawa River and it's just this little teeny horseshoe or rainbow shaped lake and it looks just super cute. (laughs) And so I know you've mentioned that your cottage is more of a camp than just one building. So I'm really interested to learn about that. But um, are there any other families that are on that lake or is it just your family? Uh, So there's a few other cottages on the lake and all of them were built and are still owned by the people who built them. Um, Okay, wow. So I'd say in total, there's probably 12 cottages on the lake. And seven of them are owned by our family in our little compound, we call it. Okay, so it's definitely like half the lake is owned by your family then. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's awesome. So I guess getting into that. So can you describe when you drive into the property, kind of what it looks like, the feeling of the property, um, maybe more so about the landscape? Yeah. So uh, when you exit off the Brent Road onto our road that comes into the lake, it is a pretty tight sand trail with uh, trees on both sides of you. So, you know, you're kind of driving right through the bush. Um, And then when you come out onto the start of our camp, um, it opens right up. There's a whole cleared area in front of the lake. Um, So it just opens right up to you. And the entire lake is surrounded by a nice thick bush, uh, like nice tall uh, trees. There's uh, jack pine, um, some birch trees, so nice thick luscious uh, deciduous trees all around the lake. Um, And yeah, our camp is the first camp on the lake. My second home, it's such, it's just a lovely feeling when you drive in there. It's nice and calm and peaceful. Uh, We're off grid. We have well points and solar and gas generators for power. We're really kind of tucked away up there. You're literally living the cottage dream. That's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) I love that you're... I love that you're on solar and I love that you're off the grid. I've only really stayed at a few places like that, maybe more so islands out on Georgian Bay that um, aren't connected to hydro where they have solar and, you know, septic tanks. And did you say you have a gas power generator? So we used to, my parents' cottage used to, but they've switched to solar. But some of my uh, aunts and uncles are still on gas generators. Okay. They only run them when they need power. So kind of like at nighttime. Right. Um, But we got propane. Everyone has propane. um, Propane fridges as well so that they can keep the fridge running. Oh, that's so cool. I I also, FYI, listeners have not seen any photos of it this yet. So I'm really excited to see some pictures. But um, yeah, the solar power is a great, great move forward, I think, um, from the the generators. Um, Generators are really loud. (laughs) I don't know about yours. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) we just we just bought an electric one. just recently because the power has gone out a few times at our cottage this year and my dad's just like sick of getting rid of everything in the fridge (laughs) so (laughs) we finally got one which is great because we uh we don't have a propane fridge it's um 
connected to hydro. So anytime the power goes out, everything gets rotten and you just sometimes don't yeah. know when the power goes out. <laughs> but um, okay, so moving maybe into more so the architecture slash buildings. So I guess, can you explain maybe how many buildings are on the property and kind of what they look like? I feel like you'll be good at describing this because you're a designer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a mixture um, of buildings and types of buildings. Um, so I will say my great grandfather, Donald Campbell, um, discovered the property um, back in the 1940s. Uh, and pursued this property um, and purchased 1,200 feet of lakefront for like $6,000 because it was always his dream to have like a hunting and fishing camp up north. So he purchased the land and, or he didn't purchase the land. He promised to spend $6,000 in upgrades on the land. That's kind of how it worked back then. So in 1945, he officially got the property and my grandfather and his brothers spent summers up there with their father, my great grandfather, uh, building the cottages that are there today. So in the early days, they first built the first four cottages um, and they were all built out of trees that they fell themselves. They would go in the bush, they would look for pine trees and, you know, of similar age, and they would cut them down by hand. They would scrape the bark off by hand, load them up into a cart, and they had a horse that would then bring the trees to sight. And uh, my uh, great-grandfather and my grandfather built like a homemade sawmill (laughs) to process this these trees uh, and they essentially did what we would think of as a log cottage uh, where we've got mm-hmm. those cross joints at the corners so you oh, see I the logs that. they're all exposed they're whole pieces or whole trees um, and then they have the crossings at the corners of the cottages fun fact I live in an old log cabin too <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to find out when it was built but I am I've like contacted the local district and they they don't have any info so I'm of not course. sure I'm gonna be able right. to figure it out but yeah. <laughs> yeah I think the only reason we know anything about these cottages is like when they were built and stuff is because my uh, grandfather and his brothers like passed on the knowledge like I don't think yeah. that you know back then you didn't get building permits in 1946 no. or whatever for a <laughs> no, lot of in the woods <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is awesome like I love that so much and I was just gonna ask um did your great-grandfather and his brothers did they have previous experience and in, in doing this or or like what were their careers yeah so my Great-grandfather was kind of like an engineer. He did uh, mechanics, like working on machinery and stuff. And then at the time, my grandfather was only 17, and his brothers were 15 and 13, and they had no experience. Like, they were, you know, barely in or out of high school. If High school, they didn't even go to high school. Um, And they learned everything from their father while they were building everything. So they would spend all summer they'd go up in may and just start cutting down trees and start building or continue to build cottages um i think they did like one cottage a summer um because that was the best time 
uh, to cut the trees down and process them. It was easier when they were kind of in season, when the sap was running through the bark to get the bark off and to do all that. So there was no stockpiling lumber. They built one cottage per summer when they were up there. Everything down to the furniture that was in the cottages. They like made tables and bed frames and they did stone masonry for the uh, chimneys on the exterior of the cottages. They were wood burning, uh, working wood burning fireplaces. So they learned everything on site (laughs) from their father. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so did did they continue on to do that for careers, like the the children, or did they kind of take different paths? So my the, my grandfather and his brothers actually opened their own uh, Gradle company. Um, so I'm from Waynefleet, Ontario, which is um, kind of next to Port Colborne, uh, just south of like Welland. Um, if anyone knows the Niagara region at all, <laughs> um, but that's where my grandfather <laughs> uh, grew up. It was in Waynefleet as well. Um, so they opened a business there after the cottages were all built um, and they kind of met their wives and had their lives going. They all built houses on the same street in, in Waynefleet and then down the street opened up their own company uh, where they would dig ditches and culverts for local municipalities um, and do kind of, you know, manual labor type stuff like that. Right. And did they and they would continue to go up to the cottage in the summers or would they go up for like the whole summer or just, you know, sections at a time or how did that work? Yeah. So the the camp was actually um, rentable. So I think in the 1950s, they had brochures and they would rent the cottages out to people um, for weeks at a time. So the brothers would kind of split their time uh, through the summer to be at be up there to kind of look after things when there were renters in the cottages. So that was like a second business to them as well. Um, Very entrepreneurial family. (laughs) Yeah. And look at you go. (laughs) You're following in the footsteps. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. There was definitely a giant boom in that era of, of tourism, especially in Muskoka. So I can see why people were wanting to do that. Like I know there were also lots of um, epidemics in the cities in uh, North America and the States. So there was a lot of people that would come up during summers to like escape pandemics. So I wonder kind of if people were doing that with your cottage too, but that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. How many cottages did you say there's, there's six. So there's currently seven or I guess eight, you could say. So the first four were log (laughs) cottages. They were completely built foundation to peak by hand uh, lumber from the forest in the surrounding area. Um, The two of the, of the newer cottages were actually um, former Boy Scout bunky buildings. So my grandfather and his brothers and their father purchased them from a, you know, Boy Scout camp that was shutting down and they moved the buildings on site and Jimmy rigged them into two more cottages <laughs> to, with uh, oh with God. two bedrooms each. Um, and then those two cottages had a bathroom in, in each of them. The log cottages didn't have bathrooms in them. They had a shared um, toilet and shower building um, just okay. away, like up the hill. Um, but those two were the first two that had caught a uh, had 
bathrooms in the cottage. And do you know roughly when that was? Um, it was bef- it was probably late 1940s. So okay. they spent the first couple of years cool. building the log cottages, and then they outsourced to to the bunk or the the Boy Scout camps. The Boy Scouts. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love that for them. <laughs> and I guess the log cabins. Um, what's kind of the layout and the flow in those? So there was two styles. Um, two of the cottages were a simple traditional square layout. Uh, with a door on the front and on the back. And um, the kitchen, it was kind of sectioned into four quadrants. So two of the quadrants okay. were bedrooms, and then the other two quadrants were a kitchen, dining space, and then a living room. Um, and then the uh, that's the oldest, the two oldest ones. And then the, the ones they did after, um, it's kind of like three in three pieces. So there's a larger, say, box in the middle with two smaller boxes on either side of it. Um, so the one small box would have been the kitchen. The other small box was the single bedroom. And then the central box was the living dining room area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to be a pretty standard layout. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just easiest to build that way. Obviously, boxes are easy. Yeah. <laughs> Do they still have all their existing features, like the roofs and windows and floors and everything? Um, so this is where we get into a mixture of things. So the, the okay. older cottage, <laughs> um, I believe it was in the early 2000s, um, we had to do some work on it because it was the first one up, you know, they were learning stuff. So we had to remove the floor and put in some new joists underneath and then some new flooring was put in and we took the opportunity to shift the layout a little bit so we took down the wall between the kitchen and the living room so it's kind of open concept and then the two bedrooms remained as they were um the a new roof so they did uh, add on tin roofs to the cottages um, I think probably in like the 80s or 90s. Um, so before that, it was asphalt sing- uh, shingling. Um, but now we kind of have this iconic look of the cottages where it's the nice dark logs with either a red tin roof or a green tin roof, depending on which cottage you're looking at. Um, but all... I love a green yeah, right? tin roof. <laughs> That's what my cottage has too. It's very iconic. Yeah. It's like everywhere, but I love the look yeah. of it. But yeah, so everything else is still original. Like the doors, the door frames, windows, like the windows are literally, uh, they swing open, but they were fabricated by the boys and, uh, are single panes of glass with, uh, like a chinking caulking holding the panes in the panes of glass and I had the honor of I was gonna say I had the honor of replacing all of that chinking and some of the glass panels a couple years ago (laughs) oh Um, man I'm sure that took a really long time no it took a while you know you you build up a a system that works but it's definitely uh gives gave a bit of insight as to what it took to build these cottages right and this is with modern tools like yeah so it's wild (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe that your great-grandfather and his kids 
It was was it his great grandfather, your great grandfather, and his kids that built it, or was it his no, brothers? No, his kids. So my grandfather, his yeah. kids, your grandfather. Okay, yeah, I can't believe they were like just doing that. It's just, I mean, I obviously know contractors, but you know, you don't usually have someone that can do every trade. You know, you you sub that yeah. out <laughs> over and over to different people. So the fact that they could do this all on their own and come up with something that's lasted literally. How many years? 60 years? No, more. 80 years. Yeah. 45 they started. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so almost 80 years. Yeah. That's just incredible. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so so did every cabin have a kitchen then too? Yes. So each cottage, and it, when I say kitchen, like it's very simple. It was literally a stove, yeah. um, a fridge, and a sink. And the fridges were not really a thing until they put the oil delco in they used to have an oil delco that powered the entire camp um, before that they were separated off into individual uh power sources um so Mm -hmm. yeah so they would have added the fridges later on but it was originally just a propane stove and a sink and the sinks didn't have hot water like it was just cold water um so to mm-hmm. do probably just pumped from the lake or did you say yeah. it would it would come yeah, from the comes, lake right it's groundwater so they have well points that are down on oh, okay. shoreline and it's you know dig a hole until you hit water and then there's kind of like a contraption you put in that pumps water up to the cottage um mm-hmm. so yeah they just think if you wanted hot water you had to boil the tap water um to do the dishes <laughs> or anything like that yeah yeah, that sounds about right. And and now do you have working plumbing toilets? Yes. Oh yeah. So um yeah. I'd, so in the early 2000s, no sorry, 2012 was the last year that it operated as a rental property and since then my mom and her generation have inherited all the cottages individually. And so some of my uh family have put in like uh, a washroom building just next to their cottage um, or uh, they still use the communal toilet and shower like up the hill. Um, But then the newer cottages, they had washrooms in them. So those, yeah, those people are fine. (laughs) They got the, the modern ones. Yeah. (laughs) It actually reminds me so much of a summer camp. I used to go to, um, kind of out of Espanola. Do you know where that yep. is? So we basically had to go to Whitefish Falls and boat out to the north. It was on mainland, but you couldn't drive there. And it's very similar, like all these outbuildings, different, different, um, I guess, cabins mm-hmm. for, for campers. But we had a communal shower house uh, with just a bunch of showers in yep. it. And, you know, you, you could only shower once a week because, you know, you just there wasn't enough septic for everyone to shower every day. So we could shower like once a week. And then there were um, four cedar outhouses. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so sometimes you just go in with three of your friends and you just all go together. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I'm just looking <laughs> here and it was it's saying on our timeline that 1968 was when the second of the two newer cottages were put in. Um, okay. And before that, it was an outhouse. 
Like, there wasn't a Mm -hmm. toilet house until probably the late 50s. So before that, it was an outhouse. And, like... I still, like, I still talk to many people that just have an outhouse. Yes. I can't do it. Yeah. I've never, I did never did it up there and I can't do it now. Like, it's weird to me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. It is a hole. Yes. Where you just go. Hole in the ground. Even, like, even when I go camping, uh, they supply these thunder boxes on, when you're out camping on islands. I can't do it. I have to just dig my own hole. (laughs) Like, I can't do it. So I just, I find a spot and dig and then, you know, leave it as I came, but... Yeah, the outhouses are just a funny, funny thing, especially when there's, like, more than one seat. Yes. And I'm pretty sure it's like that because you could rotate back and forth so that you wouldn't fill up one hole too soon. But it's just funny to think, like, oh, you could just go in there with another person. <laughs> it's like... Just like, oh, we'll just go together. Back to the Middle Ages. Right? <laughs> well, then they were just throwing pee on the street, but, you know, yeah. we've come a little bit from there. But anyways, off that subject... <laughs> Um, like who still gathers at your cottage? Like who, it's your mom that your mom and her generation now that have inherited these cottages individually, you said. So does everybody still come up? Oh yes. So, um, I would say all of us have been going up since we were in our mother's wombs. Um, yeah. So I've, that place has been a part of me and my life since before I was even born. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So like my, my, uh, my siblings and I always try to make a point of going up at the same time. Um, my, even with my cousins, we actually, <laughs> my one cousin was messaging a, in a group text last night about, Hey everyone, like when's everyone going up North? We'll be there these days to these days. So um, I'm I'm really close with my first, second, third, and even fourth cousins um, on my mom's side. Oh my god! Because of this place, um, so Ugh. it's really special. You know, beyond being a really cool place, quiet, calming, mm-hmm. um, and you know, uh, being built by our grandfathers by hand, like it's nuts. It's really special to all of our families um, because mm-hmm. we grew up actually getting to see our cousins and having those relationships and ties to our extended family members. So it's, uh, it's awesome. And we all hold the, the, the lake in the same regard of special. Um, and at Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, I'd say it's the biggest time of year. Uh, it's when we go up to close everything down. Um, but we spend Thanksgiving weekend and there's usually about like 40 or 50 people that end up coming up um, on the Saturday and my mom and dad started a new tradition a few years ago of soup day on Saturday. So everyone comes, each family brings a pot of soup and you bring a, your mug or, you know, a bowl and you get to try everyone's soup. And it's just like a really great time to gather and, and see everyone. Oh, that's like the cutest thing I've ever I know. heard. I love that. We we also close after Thanksgiving too, and it's um, it's usually a pretty fun weekend, but also really sad because you know you're not going to see it again till the spring, unless you don't go up for the winter, right? No, the cottages are are only about like three season summer and shoulder season. Yeah, same. Hmm. Yeah, I went out to the cottage one time in the winter. We snowmobiled out, mm-hmm. and uh, our cottage has 
no insulation. <laughs> like the floor is joists and then plywood yeah. and then carpet. And uh, I think it was minus 16 degrees. And um, yeah, I think it took like four or five hours with, on the wood stove to heat up the cottage to 15 degrees. Oh and then it never got higher. <laughs> <laughs> but the effort and the amount of wood we burned was just insane. Like we'll probably just snowmobile out and stay for the afternoon and then go home. I was going to say, I make it like a day trip. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's a fun trip out, but just not yeah. not quite. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. the same going to my place because the there's no uh, public services, right? Like it's off of a logging trail, so even to get in there, you would require a snowmobile to get into the camp, right? And we've done that. Like mm-hmm. I don't go up often in the winter. My grandfather lived up um, in Derivier, just you know, outside of where the cottages were, for the last. Yeah. 10 years or so so we we had a place to stay that was warm and we did we have gone up a couple times and you know snowmobiled in and snowmobiled on the lake and got to kind of see the lake in a different perspective and um it's so different different in the winter it's really cool um but yeah the the cottages are literally logs and yeah the water would be frozen so there'd be no running water so (laughs) yeah you would have turned off all your taps by then oh yes (laughs) yeah you kind of just have to fend for yourself. There's not many amenities left. <laughs> when they're, when the amenities in the summer are already pretty scarce, there's like nothing no, yeah. left. Yeah. Are there any other special activities you guys do at the cottage or traditions? Uh, well, we, a lot of us bring our ATVs up. So we there's a lot of trails all around that area, around the lake. Um, we have some sort of extended family that have cottages in the area as well. So we'll, you know, we'll go on runs together. I think the one year we had like 13 or 14 ATVs of people out, um, you know, seeing different areas and different lakes. And so that's always fun. Um, we also have this really small island on the lake and it's, Oh. It's like a rock. It's literally rock that comes out of the lake. Um, you can't see okay. it on maps, but if you put it on to like satellite view. Um, okay, here, I'm going to click into it. On the right hand sort of side of the lake, the bend, there is like this little white <laughs> like dot in the lake. Um so we like to go out, we take our kayaks out to the island and we have picnics out there. And then there's like a flat face rock along the shore that we also go out to and we oh. do, it's called the jumping rock. So we'll do picnic days and okay. we'll go and do the island and the jumping rock together. Um, I've gotten more into fishing the last couple of years too. So, you know, I'll, I'll always the race to see who can catch the biggest fish of the year and um, yeah, you know, just and good, did you say wholesome what, cottage ju- fun? There's just, there's... Yeah, I was gonna say, did, did you say there's just bass in there, or what other kind of fish? Yeah, we've got a uh, largemouth and smallmouth bass. Oh, okay, and that's it. I can see, um, yeah. I can see this island you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, and then there's <laughs> a trail cool. you can probably kind of yeah you can see it on the satellite image that goes around the lake, all the trails. Um, so we take our quads out and go around the lake on the trails. Yeah, you're living the northern dream. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. Cool. I'm definitely like a city guy, but I love getting away from everybody and being up there. 
Yeah, for sure. Because you live in Hamilton at the moment. So, yeah, it's probably... How far from Hamilton? Um... You know what, actually? It's say it's four hours from Toronto, five hours from Hamilton. Okay. So drive. Yeah. So the only other things I wanted to ask about, because we're making some good time here, is um just a few things about the design of the cottage. So I guess would you um would you say you've had any like design challenges or if any like you would you change anything or is it so nostalgic you might just leave it? as is forever yeah I mean (laughs) definitely melding some of the newer modern conveniences with the old construction methods has been a challenge in a couple ways uh one of them being um converting the wood fireplaces into gas burning stoves um and getting inserts that fit in the openings. Um, so I'll see if I can get some images for you, but the inside mantle is stones. Like they're big rocks with cement that is, so it's, it's a very sturdy, solid mantle, um, with a lot of organic edges. So getting inserts that fit into that has been difficult. Um, definitely. Um, And also, you know, just the way that we live. Yes, we're definitely outside a lot when we're up there. But, you know, on rainy days, you kind of congregate into one one or two of the cottages. um, And we all want bigger kitchens in there. So some of the couple of the cottages have had some kitchen updates just because we needed more storage space and bigger fridges. Um, So that's definitely been, I'd say, a creative challenge for the families that own those cottages. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely tough, especially when it's been in the family for so long to even think about changing anything because yeah. it's so, you know, historic and nostalgic and everybody has memories there and no one wants to change things. And um, at some point, though, things have to be replaced and, you know, modern conveniences, like you said, are important. And do you, I guess, like, do you have service there with your phones and everything? Yes, yeah, so about seven years ago, we finally got one bar of cell reception. Um, wow. Today, it's gotten a lot better. So I've actually been able to work up there periodically, um, and I get two to three bars, and I, I'm, I've been able to do video calls, which is actually pretty amazing. Um, so Yeah, it's... that's all I get here, actually, yeah. <laughs> where I live. I only get two or three bars. I think right now I've got three, so we're yeah. good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, we do have service, um, depending on who you're with for your provider, um, and also where along the shore you are, like my one aunt's cottage at the end of the camp, you get like zero service. And then midway, midway back, you get better service. And then closer to the gate, you get like full service. So it's, it's a fun spot. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you're like, if we're watching a movie, we're going to the front of the camp. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so just ending off here, I feel like I don't want to take too much more of your time, but can you maybe just say what your favorite part of the cottage is and like what makes it the most unique and why you love being there so much? Yeah, um, I think my favorite part is 
really just getting to be with my family. Um, it's the place that we congregate, um, our, you know, our, our full extended family. We get to see each other, um, even if we don't see each other at Christmas or, you know, things throughout the year, we always know we'll get to see each other at the lake. Um, and that's how it's always been growing up my entire life. So that's definitely, I'd say, my, my most favorite uh, part about being up there. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I think that's what most people will say when they say why they love the cottage so much is just like being in nature, being a bit isolated and, you know, just spending time with your family is so important. And it's just so wonderful that you guys have kept this in the family for so many generations and that, you know, the people that literally built the cottage log by log, like that's just so crazy and amazing. Yeah. And you don't see that, you know, you see, I've been seeing it a lot because I've been doing the podcast, but before that, you know, it's like far and few, far and few between that people have the original cottage still. So the fact that you have seven (laughs) still in the family is pretty incredible. Oh, and I was going to ask, I guess, is each cottage subdivided into their own property now or are they all on one property? Yeah, no. So everything's um, been severed off into their own properties. Um, And then there are a few lots now that are, there's no cottage on them um, and then have been passed on to sort of my generation from our parents. So uh, I expect that in the next 10 years or so, a couple more cottages are going to be popping up there as our family grows more and the need, the need comes up. The need for space, or you just get a bunch of tent platforms. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tent city. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As it grows and grows and grows forever. That's, that's just amazing. And it seems like it's going to stay in the family for a long time still. So that's, that's, the best thing ever and I like honestly that you're you're out of Maine like what we think of like the Maine cottage country areas like you're not in Muskoka you're not in Georgian Bay you're not in Collingwood you're out in your own like adventure place you know I love that yeah yeah I would love to come see it one day yeah for sure (laughs) yeah I know I've never been to a cottage that has so many properties (laughs) like that's just it's it is exactly like you say, like a, 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 there's a lot of fish camps like that. Yes. That would have a lot of cabins. So it kind of, you know, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, is there, is there anything else you'd like to share or like to say? I, I think, I think if, if anyone listening has never been to a, a cottage experience, like, like what we have, I'd say look for it because it's definitely different than the Muskoka's and it's sometimes mm. nice to just get away and, uh, be in nature and not be distracted by other people and other activities. It's definitely a really great experience to uh, to be had if you can do it. I think it's super healing. For sure. Yeah. That's how I feel when I'm at the cottage. I always Just feel refreshed like... when I come home. Sad because I have to leave, but refreshed yeah. mentally, spiritually, yeah. everything um, from being, mm-hmm. you know, up in the in the woods. Yeah, it heals you. It really does. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I just saw your text with the, the photos so I could kind of see <laughs> what some of the cottages look like. But yeah, that's that's like amazing. I want to see some more photos. So yeah, we'll we'll chat about that, too. But thank you so much, Jordan, for being on the show today. Another great episode. And yeah, I I'm just so happy that you're my friend and that we can can share this love of cottages together. And 
think it's just so special. So just thank you so, so, so much for, for sharing with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for, for listening. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this story, please give me a five star on Spotify. I would really appreciate it. It really helps um, me continue the podcast and keep it going. And if you would like to support this podcast, please follow along to patreon.com slash rewind design. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash rewind design. If you would like to support the show in other ways or share your own story, please send an email to Katie, K-A-T-Y at rewind design.ca or give me a call at 416-822-7489. Your donations help to run the podcast and costs associated with recording equipment and travel. 10% of all donations will be donated to the Georgian Bay Land Trust. Thank you so much. Your support means everything. (music) 